We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Uh, to get your thoughts on, we've got no Chiefs game to get your thoughts on. A little bit more time, but they certainly gave us some news to talk about today. We'll preview the high school playoffs, high school football playoffs, which uh, started yesterday, but really get underway tonight. 869-1240, your calls. Tommy, Thursday night football in the books as we make our way through this Friday. How are you this morning? I'm good. Fridays are always busy, always crazy this time of year, getting ready for the college football and NFL slate this weekend. And then next week kicks off college basketball for a lot of teams with exhibition games and that sort of thing. I saw Shocker Madness was yesterday at Coke Arena. Looked like a lot of fun. So, yeah, a lot to get to today. Uh, okay, so let's start with let's start with this. The news yesterday from the Chiefs, and we can get into Thursday Night Football uh, in our next segment. But Kadarius Tony. Really interesting move that the Chiefs make yesterday uh, for Kadarius Toney, who is, I don't know if I want to call him a troubled wide receiver for the Giants, but it certainly feels that way. Um, The Chiefs go out and they make a move, and it's probably the move that they'll make for the wide receiver room. It's pretty hard to tell how much this helps in the short term, but in the long term, they get a first-round talent that they reportedly really liked when the draft happened anyway, and they give up a third and a sixth for Kadarius Toney, who hasn't played much at all this year. Uh, Don't know what his status is injury-wise for the rest of the year, how quickly he can get acclimated. Your initial thoughts on this deal, Tommy? 
Um, I, at first I didn't really like it. I wasn't a big fan of it. Uh, I didn't like the fact that the chiefs were giving up the draft picks that they were. Uh, but then the more that I looked into it, the more that I thought about it, I feel like this is a long-term play for Kansas city. This is a young talent with a lot of upside, a tremendous ceiling and somebody that is under team control for a couple of years. And you and I have talked about it before on this show about the pending free agent situation with Kansas City's wide receivers. So the more that I thought about it, I feel like this is less of an impact play right now for Kansas City and more of a long-term outlook for the wide receiver room. Yeah, I think it I think they hope it's both, but I think what it tells us is Juju's not coming back next year. Um, and there's a decent chance McCole Hardman doesn't either. And so, you know, that MVS is the guy that's signed to a longer period of time. So I, I don't know either if it's, is this, are they hoping this is a move that impacts this year or is this strictly something they're looking long-term? I think that, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's more about the long-term, but in the short-term, one, we got to see Tony's health status. He, he, he's not on the field a lot. Uh, and hasn't been for the Giants. In the very limited amount of time that he has been, though, he's been very impactful. Um, so if he's healthy enough to come in and play this year, I think they can get him acclimated enough to have an impact. Heck, just have him return punts. If you haven't seen videos, watch what he's capable of with the ball in his hands. He's a dynamic athlete, and he's really fast, and he's pretty tall. And I get it. I get what the Chiefs would be enamored with. But is he a problem off the field, is he a problem in the locker? Those are the things that maybe change of scenery is what they're banking on. The Chiefs usually deal with that stuff fine because they have such a strong uh, locker room and consistent coaching staff. I like it. I'm fine with the trade because I think it eliminates the pressure to draft a receiver next year, right? I think if you're the Chiefs and assuming they still have high hopes for Sky Moore in the big picture – that gives you two pretty dynamic athletes there to work in with MBS. And, you know, it's a it's a move to build for the future. But, I mean, Tommy, if I told you the Chiefs are going to draft a wide receiver in the third round next year, I don't think they'd find one as talented as Kadarius Tony, who's still got a lot of rookie contract left. So in the long term, I think the risk is very much worth it. In the yeah, short term, not- does it do enough? I, I don't know because I don't know if he's when he can play. Yeah, and let's not forget that he was a first-round draft pick back in 2021 for the Giants. So, I the more, again, the more that I thought about it, in the big picture, I didn't love giving up draft picks for a wide receiver, just in general. It, I, I don't know if it necessarily would have mattered who the pick was or who the, who the guy was that they were bringing in, um, but he was a former first-round draft pick a year ago, highly talented, highly touted out of Florida. The Chiefs were high on him uh, coming into the draft. And so, yeah, you look at what they gave up. And, okay, if 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 this can be a reclamation project uh, to an extent for Andy Reid and Brett Beach, then I'm okay with it. But I do think that you hit the nail on the head when you mentioned the immediate impact is probably going to be felt in special teams and punt returning. It's been just a flat-out disaster for Sky Moore returning punts this year. I like Sky Moore. I know you love Sky Moore, but well, I think we stop can stop doing bo- it. It's messing right. with him at this point. Right. Like, get him we out can of both there. say, and, and I don't. I don't really feel like. I, I think I looked. I looked this up a few days ago. He didn't have a lot of experience returning punts before yeah. he came in to Kansas City. So why do you even put him in that role? I, um, yeah. So I, I feel I, like I overall it was just you know not, that's not the 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 long term fit for Sky Moore there. So so put Tony back there to return punts. That will be probably the most immediate impact for Kansas City. 
and that's good. And yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I never think of like, oh, I like Sky more because he's this electric, you know, open field. No, I, it's other parts of his game that I like. So yeah, I never understood having him back there anyway. Put McCole Hardman back there, right? That That's where you want guys who can get in the open field and, and make those kinds of plays. But, you know, it is what it is. This takes the pressure off him there, I hope. I, I just don't know. Look, for a third-round pick for the Chiefs to, to, to trade for a guy like Tony, I, I think I'm totally on board with that risk. I know everybody wants to overvalue draft picks, and I love draft picks in certain situations. I don't necessarily love or care that much about third-round draft picks for a team like the Chiefs. Um because they they're you know they're already one of the best teams in the league, it's fine, right? Like I, that doesn't bother me as much as let's say if the you know the Panthers made a move like this. Yeah, maybe you want that third round pick, right? But for the Chiefs to you know to take chances like that makes sense. First round picks, no, because you need those guys to contribute right away. I don't think you're very often counting on your third round pick to be a you, we can't miss here. You know, that's where you're taking risks on guys anyway. So I'm fine with the compensation going back. Um, the Chiefs, it, it'll also allow them, hopefully, in the draft next year to do exactly what they did this year and just keep attacking defense through the draft. Maybe offensive line, depending on what happens with Orlando Brown. But for the most part, you just, you know, you free up your need to take certain things and just load up with defensive players. Uh, the more they do that, the stronger over time the defense will get. So I like it. I like the move. I like the risk. Um, I like the contract they're bringing in. I like the long-term aspect that it was going to, you know, they were going to have tough decisions to make this offseason. And I don't know how comfortable they were when they're very certain, I would assume, they're very certain that Juju's not coming back. And I think they've always known that, by the way. It's nothing against Juju. I hope he plays himself into a big contract. I don't think he was ever coming back no matter what happened. This was a one-year deal for him to go make money. I think everybody has known that on both sides and and is happy with that. But he wasn't coming back. They can't afford him. And he's not, you know, if they're not going to give a big contract to Tyreek Hill, they're not going to give it to Juju Smith-Schuster. So it helps there, too. Maybe they still think they need to draft a receiver. I don't know. But it certainly... Uh, it certainly gives me hope for what kind of dynamic talent they could have in that room with a third-year guy in Tony and then a second-year guy in Sky Moore. MVS will still be there, and then we'll see what else they do. Justin Ross is still there. Don't know what to expect out of him. The other part of this, though, Tommy, and you know, the Chiefs have tried this lots of times, right, these reclamation projects at wide receiver – Sammy Watkins, who Sammy Watkins had some moments and definitely helped them win a Super Bowl. Uh, but, you know, Josh Gordon, Justin Ross, like these reclamation projects at receiver have not been an overwhelming success for Kansas City by any means. So this could be a failure. I mean, history tells us this hasn't worked out well to do this kind of thing. So there's that aspect, too. That's totally within the realm of possibility. But for a third, I'm OK with that risk. 
Yeah, the timing of this, I think, is really advantageous for Kansas City and Tony because they're on a bye this week. And so you've got a, a week and a half or so, assuming he's healthy, you've got a week and a half uh, or so to get him acclimated to the offense, get him in with Patrick Mahomes, get him in with the other wide receivers before they play in that primetime game next Sunday against Tennessee. So you've got a little bit of time there. That's that's solid. I think that my big question um you look at the remaining picks that Kansas City has, uh, and they gave up two picks. One was a, comp- a compensatory pick, the third rounder, and then the sixth rounder. What they have remaining, is that enough to go out and get other help? So I think that was my only concern was not even necessarily the number of picks or the rounds that they were in or who they were getting. It was just there are other needs defensively that we've talked about. Do they have enough picks remaining? And I think they do to be able to go out and get some immediate help in the pass rush and potentially in the secondary. Uh, And so, you know, the trade deadline is a few days away. I think they've got that opportunity to do so. And I, I, I hope that Brett Veach uh, is able to make something else happen because in my mind, and I've said it before, that's a more pressing need than adding another wide receiver. So I'm get the only way I'm going to be disappointed in this is if this is the only deal that Kansas city makes before the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, Tony just doesn't add much to the cap, and they've sa- they've saved almost as much as he adds through Frank Clark getting suspended because they don't have to pay Frank Clark when he's suspended. Um, so yeah, they they this this shouldn't impact that at least at least that they're trying right. If the right deal's not there, the right deal's not there. Um, but you you hope that they're trying, and I suppose if the third round pick hurts their chances of trading for a guy that's one eh. I don't know I it's there's I'm probably going to be fine with this no matter what because what like that again that very limited we've seen from Tony he's a potential you know game-changing receiver if you've got him out there going um I I just think it's I think it's the right kind of risk long term for the Chiefs Again, could mean nothing in the short term, and I'd still be fine with it. I don't know what the I don't know what the price on some of these players they want to go after though is, Tommy. That's the thing. Like, yeah, I want them to make a move too, but if the price is too high for some old free agent to be anyway, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what you do there in that situation. That's a tough call. It, it really is, and I feel like, and we we saw it against the the Forty ers that they've got the playmakers to win football games on the defensive side of the ball right now, as it is, this is just adding to it a little bit. And so if you can add, you know, potentially a veteran uh, pass rusher there, there are some, I mean, they're out there. Uh, We saw Robert Quinn get traded. Uh, And so there are uh, high impact veteran pass rushers who potentially are on the trade market. I've seen names like Cam Jordan, uh, I've seen names, of course, we've talked about Brian Burns with Carolina. Josh Allen with Jacksonville uh, it is potentially available also. Uh, and so there are some names out there for some dynamic defensive players that could be available. Of course, it's going to come back to the price tag. And one thing that Brett Beach is very, very good at is figuring out the best way to maneuver the draft picks that he has the cap space that he has and not mortgaging away the future to be able to get somebody for right now. So I trust him. I trust in his ability to be able to make something happen. Uh, But if he doesn't, I feel like yes, while defensively they've got enough playmakers to make a deep run, man, it sure would be nice to have at least another weapon defensively. 
oh, there is no question that they need to make a move. But if the right move isn't there, um, then then you got to be careful, right? The you players are there. I think the players are there. The question I, is, I think is the they're price there tag... enough to not make an unreasonable risk, right? To not to not make an unreasonable move. The Chiefs are already one of the two best teams in football. That's what you have to evaluate it up against. You're basically evaluating up, up against Buffalo at this point. Um, what what do we need to do then if we're the Chiefs? But they're you know Buffalo, unless the Chiefs add like an insane impact guy, Buffalo's defense is going to be better than Kansas City's, almost certainly. You so you got to be better than them offensively, and I think that that's absolutely can happen. I know everybody loves what Buffalo's doing. I love what Buffalo's doing, but Kansas City can be better than Buffalo offensively. I mean, think about how close that last game was, right? So it's a risk reward. Like, is it worth risking long-term? Because the other thing about the Chiefs and Buffalo's in the same situation, you know, for a lot of teams in these situations, their windows are short, right? Their windows are are not open for long. Like the Rams last year, right? The Rams window, and they know this, with Matt Stafford is not a a long, large window. But for the Chiefs, the window's as long as Patrick Mahomes is under center, playing the way he plays. Same same for Buffalo. I mean, their windows are are wide open for a long time. So, you know, each team can afford its own risks, right? And for a team like the Chiefs with a great young quarterback, you don't want to hurt your chances of competing two years from now when you think you're still going to be one of the best teams two years from now. What was the old uh, Sneed? GM for the Rams, what was his famous T-shirt or quote or whatever last year? F them picks, right? That's fine for that's fine for them, and I don't disagree with with the way they handled it because their windows is is open as Matt Stafford will let it be open, which it probably. I mean, we're learning this year, not very long, right? He's older, but for the Chiefs, like everyone can, you know, they made a long term business decision to let Tyreek Hill go. They are thinking long term with the decisions that they make. And that does set a different sort of, you know, parameters for when you're trying to add something this year. The Chiefs aren't really in a position to overpay. I mean, they don't need to do that yet. I mean, they're not, you know, they're close enough to Buffalo. If the Chiefs didn't make another move, what are their chances to beat Buffalo in the playoffs? 50-50, right? I mean, it's that's where we sit right now. Yeah, and, and so you wonder if any kind of additional trade that Brett Veach could put together would shift that a little bit more. Like instead of a 50, 50 against Buffalo in the playoffs, can it get you to a 60, 40? Can it get you? I mean, and, and that's, you can't predict that. Probably no not. No. I mean, I don't think there's any player out there that, that can make that big of an impact anyway. Right. Yeah. I don't know who it would be. Burns isn't leaving Carolina. Um, so no, I, I don't think that player exists. So l- let me ask you this, the trade for Kadarius, Tony, does that eliminate Kansas City out of the Odell Beckham Jr. conversation? No, probably not, because Odell still just costs you money, right? Like, Odell doesn't cost you anything but money. So, probably not. I think any team with cap space that's a contender would be not doing their due diligence if they didn't still have Odell on their radar. But what it does do, as far as the Odell situation, is it doesn't force the Chiefs' hand if he's not healthy, 
because some reports out there say he was never going to be healthy before December anyway, right? So they they don't have to now act out of a move of desperation when it comes to Odell necessarily, because I think by that point you would assume Tony will be able to give you something. There is no telling, by the way, with Kadarius Tony. He could magically feel better like today now that he got traded and be physically ready to go immediately. His injuries have always been weird, right? And that comes with risk too. Like what kind of guy is this? I think the Chiefs generally feel like they can take on guys like that because they have a strong locker room. And I agree with that, by the way. Part of the risk being worth it is that, I think. But, no, I think they could still be in the mix for Odell. I I don't think you close the door on it. If you can't make any other moves, you have the extra money, you you know, you you can't make a trade, then why not bring in another talented guy if he's healthy and you have the money just sitting there? Yeah, I I wonder if we have... And by we, I mean everyone in Chiefs Kingdom have overstated the value, the immediate value of Odell Beckham Jr. Not that he's not an incredibly talented wide receiver, but he's coming off a torn ACL. And so there's that, getting him back into game form and then getting him acclimated into the offense. Uh, He might not be ready until December. You have few games left at that point and then a playoff push. I'm not saying he's not valuable. I just wonder if we've overstated how valuable and how big of an impact player he could possibly possibly be, not only for the Chiefs, but potentially for any team that signs him. Yeah, it's um, it, it's an interesting move, and man, it's one that could be really, really memorable. If they get the best of Kadarius Toney, and he just like locks in and plays and, and does all those things, this could be a move that you look at and say, oh my God, like highway robbery. But there's also a chance, there's also a chance that it's a complete disaster. Like the spectrum of potential outcomes here on this are about as wide as they can possibly be. And that's pretty interesting. But even knowing that for a third round pick, yeah, I'm I'm willing to take that risk. What does it tell you though? What does it tell you though about the New York Giants who are sitting here at what, six and one? Yeah. And, you know, they're making a push to win that division and go to the playoffs and they're trading away an incredibly talented wide receiver. I mean, I think that that is something that does give me a little bit of pause. Sure. Um, but again, you know, they don't want the headache. Got, right. Absolutely. And so you wonder if, uh, you know, somebody like Andy Reid will be able to harness that and turn that into a positive for Kansas City. But that's that's the obvious risk. I mean, I think there's a decent chance that, no, the Chiefs can't do that. And he's a pain in the butt in Kansas City, just like he was in New York. But New York has been good despite that. Um, and if if he is for the Chiefs, you're gonna you're you will have lost a draft pick. But I don't think he's I, I don't think any player coming in from the outside is capable of disrupting the chemistry of that team. He either comes in and helps out or he doesn't. And at that point you've you know you've basically lost a third round pick. Again, a worthwhile risk, I think. Um, I don't think we're going to sit here three years down the road and be like, God, I can't believe the Chiefs didn't have their third-round pick in 2023. That is just absurd that they didn't have that pick. First-round pick's a different story, but a third-round pick, eh. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I I think the risk was fine. I don't have any problem with the risk. Um, I didn't think it was an overpay by any means to get that kind of a contract and that kind of talent in for a third. Even if it doesn't work out, I think the risk was worth it. Very interesting move for the Chiefs and one absolutely nobody saw coming.
That's how it goes in the NFL. 869-1240, what did you think of that move? Chiefs fans will come back. Tom Brady loses again. We'll talk a little Thursday night football when Sports Daily rolls ahead. Step up to the plate for an offer from BetMGM. Sign up today and place a $10 wager on any World Series game. If any player hits a home run in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets regardless of your wager's outcome. Just use bonus code JACOB200, J-A-C-O-B-200, when you make your first bet. Get on the field and find out why nothing beats a win with BetMGM. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code JACOB200. To win $200 in free bets if any player hits a home run in any World Series game. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager and physically present in Kansas to bet. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non withdrawable. Free bets or site credit. Free bets, free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. All right, welcome back, everybody. World Series does get going tonight in Game 1. Excited about that. Should be an entertaining series. I think it'll be a long series. Don't feel like we're going to have a short series on either side. Aaron Nola goes for the Phillies. Justin Verlander for the Astros, the Astros relatively heavy favorites in the game to win it. Um, okay, let's talk Thursday night football here, Tommy. We talked a lot about Brady yesterday with the Rogers Brady conversation. Kurt Warner thinks it's probably time for them to retire. All of those things are said. Um, we spent some time talking about whether we thought uh, Brady was washed, as I've heard a lot of people say. I don't think either of us think that directly. I think you may lean a little more that way than I do. I think Tampa's problems haven't been him. That being said, last night, he missed some throws. Uh, He definitely missed some throws. He overthrew some guys quite a few times. His overall numbers were not bad. Baltimore wins the game 27-22. But I got to say, watching this for Tampa, for me, Tommy, That offensive line, which we've known as a problem, it it doesn't even seem like it's as much of a problem protecting Brady as it does. Man, they cannot run the ball at all. Their run game is a joke. It's really bad. Leonard Fournette did get into the end zone, but he only averaged like 2.7 yards a carry. Um, They're getting nothing going. Rashad White added 19 yards on the ground. They, They just can't do anything running the football. So Tom Brady has to throw it 44 times. He throws over 300 yards. He doesn't get his first touchdown until, you know, it was too late and the game was pretty much out of reach at that point. Um, but man, they, they just, they have so many issues offensively. They look disjointed. The communication is poor. Uh, they're not on the same page, Brady and his receivers, which is surprising to me. Like, I feel like Brady and Mike Evans, they've, they formed this great relationship over Brady's time in Tampa Bay where they've had really good communication and the last few weeks, they have not been on the same page at all. And so uh, you got to wonder, is that a bigger issue? Is there something going on 
internally with the offense doesn't have to do with you know Brady's distractions off the field his availability like it during the week in practice is he not fully bought in who knows but when it comes down to game time it's not clicking right now at all yeah I mean that you've probably seen this morning there's reports out there everywhere that Brady is going through divorce like today right that that's happening so I, I don't know on the distraction stuff that's a hard thing to answer Certainly feels like it would have to be some sort of distraction. Is it affecting his play on the field? I don't know. 26 of 44, 325 yards, a touchdown last night. Again, pretty good performance. I mean, it's not bad. Like, he's not, he, he just doesn't, when we've seen old guys look washed, that's not what it looks like to me. I will say, though, again, he did miss throws. He missed throws he doesn't normally miss. They're getting nothing going in the run game, though, and and he needs that. The offense needs that, creates play action, helps the defense, and the defense gave up 450 yards last night. Their defense hasn't been good either. I think when I look at the Bucks and their issues, it's not and, – and everything's always going to hinge around Brady, but, but I still don't think Brady is the issue in Tampa. I think there are a number of issues in Tampa, and it's sort of spiraling out of control on them. At the moment, Baltimore goes on the road and gets a big win. They still trying to hang in there as legitimate AFC contenders, which I think is probably within the realm of possibility, maybe not right now, but they could continue to get better for sure. When you look at Tampa, Tommy, are you picking against them to win the division still? I, mean, I am. What, I am. Yeah, absolutely. Who, who's who's going to win the division then? Um, I mean, I'm kind of high on the Falcons. Uh, I feel like they've so the come out of nowhere. So the four Falcons you think are going to win the NFC South. That's fine. It's a really, yeah, it's a really weak division. Um, it, it, it reminds me of like the NFC East from a couple of years ago when there was, you know, a team that was right, like right at 500 and won the division. Yeah, That's kind of the way worse. I feel about it. <laughs> I think this is it worse. Might be. Very well could be. You've got, you've got like Marcus Mariota-led Falcons. P.J. Walker led Carolina, and Andy Dalton led New Orleans. None of them are above 500. Tampa's a half game back of Atlanta, depending on what happens this weekend, if Carolina can pick, can beat Atlanta. By the way, we're picking Carolina, Atlanta, and if you're wondering why, it's not because we love punishment. It's because the winner of that game is going to be leading the division. Um, but I, I still... Like I, if I'm having a picket and bet an NFC South winner, I'm still I'm still betting Tampa, and I only bring that up because I think Tampa's got pl- they, not plenty. They've got time to still be a contender in the NFC. I don't know that I think that they will be anymore at this point, but they certainly have time to. I mean, as bad as it's been, they may be in a three way tie for first place after Sunday. I mean, that's crazy talk. If you're going to have a bad stretch, Tampa's picking the right time to have it because their division stinks and nobody's going to run away with it at any point unless it's them. I, the only chance anybody has to run away with the division, in my opinion, is if it's Tampa getting it figured out. So it's a really weird situation there, but you know, because of what's around them, they've been afforded some time to get it sorted out and I just have this like nagging feeling in the back of my brain that this is like that Tom Brady's just messing with us, right? And we've seen this before and we've seen these stretches and then he comes back and goes to a Super Bowl kind of a thing. I'm not saying I think that's going to happen, 
It just like the possibility though of this, you know, resurrection of Tampa later in the year is still sitting there staring at us in the face. I don't think so. I think this is different. I mean, this was the first time in the over 20 years that Tom Brady has played in the NFL that he has a record of at least two games below 500. This has never happened to Tom Brady before. Um, yeah, if anybody can do it, it's Tom Brady. But we're talking about unprecedented situations for the, the future Hall of Famer here. And it's the first three-game losing streak for a Tom Brady-led team in 20 years. 2002 was the last time this has happened. It's never happened to him before. And they don't have, yeah, he can put up over 300 yards passing. I get it. The, the personal stats, I guess, are there. Um, he doesn't look awful. You mentioned it yesterday. He doesn't look like Ben Roethlisberger in his last season or Matt Ryan this year. I agree with that. But they've struggled where it has mattered most. They were two of five in the red zone last night. Two of five. That's not That's not good. That's not good at all. And they've only scored more than 22 points one time this season. So you can throw for as many yards as you want to. But they looked absolutely inept. And I know part of it's the running game. So I want to make sure that we're spreading the blame out appropriately. Part of it, yeah, is the running game and the, the blocking for the running and all of that. I get that. But Tom Brady, I mentioned it yesterday, has made a career out of single-handedly willing a team to victory. And he's not been able to do that so far with this Buccaneers team. I think another thing that is going to be really interesting, Todd Bowles mentioned after the game, that he's not ruling out any kind of coaching changes. And that that's new that he in weeks past, he has been unwilling to mention that he's not ruling it out now. So you have to wonder is Byron Leftwich going to keep his job. If this continues, what does that mean for the Tom Brady relationship with, with the Buccaneers? What's his relationship like with Leftwich right now? So there's a lot of question marks that because of that, I don't think Tom Brady's messing with us. And I don't think that this is a Buccaneers team. that can pull themselves out of it right now. Oh, I don't think he's messing with us. I, I definitely don't think that. I just feel like the narrative of his entire career, when these any time that there's been overwhelming doubt about him is when he comes and does what he does, right? But this does feel more daunting than those other times because there's so many the other things is, happening. With I want to point this out. The difference is the narrative of doubt about him. So I don't have doubt about him. I have doubt about his football team. So, yeah, in, in multiple times yes. in the past, people have doubted him and his abilities. I'm not – Tom Brady is the greatest football player of all time. I'm doubting his football team. And yeah, so I just don't think that they've got the, the talent to be able to do that. I, I think the, big, the biggest key for them is that offensive line, they, they can't run the ball. And if they can't run the ball, they can't do what they need to do to be the best versions of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that we've seen in years past, which is play good defense, right, run the ball, control things a little bit and let Brady take shots off play action. And, you know, I, I don't know if that's fixable. I, I don't, cause it's not just Leonard Fournette, right? It's everybody. And can the offensive line all of a sudden become a good run blocking offensive line? Probably not. So can they make an adjustment to what they do and who they are? They also, by the way, and I haven't seen this morning, the severity, but they feared Shaq Barrett Achilles out for the year, which is, just huge, insane, insanely uh, impactful on things. Um, so you're betting the Falcons. I, I'll, I'll still bet Tampa to win the division at this point. Um, and, I, and I'm fairly certain I've looked. I'm fairly certain they're still the odds on favorite. But what a division, right? Like, bleh. 
that that it just looks <laughs> horrible in the in the NFC South. That, that, yeah, that's going to allow uh, Tom to stick around a little bit. You're familiar with divisions that uh, all the teams play poorly in because you're a Cowboys fan. And it wasn't that long ago that all four of those teams in that division were terrible. Yeah, we usually see it. It, it, it. Somebody in the NFL does it every year. The AFC South has been, you know, a pretty soft in years. Um, you know, all the years New England went on their run, the AFC East was bad, right? There was a year Seattle made the playoffs at 7-9 seven and seven and nine with, uh, yeah. what was that quarterback's name? I can't even remember what his name was now. Um, so, yeah, we, we see this. We just don't, you know, don't usually see it when you've got, a team with as high of expectations. I mean, Tampa was, I believe, the Super Bowl favorite in the NFC mm-hmm. before the season. Yep. It's crazy. So I'm looking right now at the team futures and the division winner in that division. Tampa Bay is still the odds-on favorite. The Falcons have crept up, though. They're at plus 225. Then the Saints at plus 700. The Panthers at plus 1,500. So that's where that division <laughs> lies right now. Tampa Bay is uh, still the favorite, but uh, Atlanta's closing in on them. The Panthers at plus 1,500 when they play that good a defense in a soft division, when maybe they can get a little buzz on a nobody gives us a chance, that's interesting. That's really interesting. They still have some talented players there. They have a lot of talented defensive players. Plus 1,500. Hmm. Yep. I'm going to have to stew that around in my brain a little bit. Five, five bucks to, to win 750 bucks on the Panthers there making a 7-9 and nine run, getting into the division. Oh, that's interesting. Huh. I'll, I'll think about that. All right, we'll come back. Uh, let's talk a little bit about K-State this weekend. Maybe some World Series before we get into our picks, before we get into our high school football preview. Time for your calls in this final segment of the first hour, 869-1240. Sports Daily coming right back at you. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there.
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. We'll have our picks with Paul Savage going up top of the next hour. We'll preview a little high school football playoffs coming up also in hour number two. If you miss anything on the show, kfhradio.com is the place to go for it. Uh, Let's start with just a quick conversation on K-State, and then we'll get thoughts on World Series because we'll we'll talk a little bit more about K-State in our picks. But, Tommy, still no you know clear indication on who the starting quarterback is going to be. The line hasn't moved. It kind of remains where it's at. It stayed. It was still at one and a half this morning. That's where we'll pick it at. Um, we talked a lot about that with Fitz yesterday. I, I still haven't wavered from sort of my final thought on it. And, and I don't – if unless K-State plays its best – version of defense I I think that's their path to a win here if they don't if this game turns into a high scoring game I just I I can't I can't take them in that scenario the only way I could take him is if Adrian Martinez plays and is effective Uh, because I think that they they have a better chance of keeping up offensively with Martinez Uh, Colin Klein said yesterday that Martinez would be a game time decision so we don't know and we won't know uh, until game time, if we're going to have Adrian Martinez or Will Howard, we talked about it at length that, you know, I believe that if Will Howard starts, um, you know, the game plan has got to be to rely on Deuce Vaughn, assuming he's fully healthy and then have Howard soften up the defense. I'm just not sure that's going to be enough for Kansas State to win. So it's going to be really interesting uh, to see what decision is made before kickoff. Well, in your Will Howard scenario, too, I don't know how at this point we can count on Deuce Vaughn being healthy because he do, I don't feel like he's been healthy for a month. You know, I, for, for it, it's been a while since we've seen a game where he doesn't have to sort of hobble over to the sideline. You know what I mean? I, I don't think yeah. he's going to be healthy. So yeah. really, it becomes, you know, a, a joint effort in the run game to some degree, which is, again, why I think regardless, they're going to have to play a good defensive game. I just don't know that they're equipped to keep up right at this moment in these shootouts. They, they've right. got to get healthier than that. And, you know, the, a big a big problem with doing that defensively has been the injuries there, too. I'm not as aware of all the injuries that Oklahoma State's dealing with right now, but Tim Fitzgerald yesterday told us, and of course he follows this much closer, that they have a bunch, too. You know, they're dealing with quite a bit as well. And Spencer Sanders we know at least has been hobbled, but you know, this is going to be a battle of attrition. I probably in a lot of ways, we'll pick it in a minute. I I just, Oklahoma state to me has always felt like the best team in the league. I think Brett McMurphy just sent something out over the last three years. Oklahoma state over that time frame is like the fifth best team in college football. 
I don't think they get enough credit for how good they've been, how good they are, and how consistent they are, and how long, quite frankly, Spencer Sanders has been winning big games. Right, yeah, like, all they do is win. All they yeah. do is win, and and Mike Gundy uh, is is known for that. And they've been able to put together a consistent program year in and year out. They're they're right on the cusp of consistently being college football playoff bound. Uh, but they're they're consistently great, uh, and they're you know always in the conversation to win the Big 12. As far as other injuries are concerned for Kansas State, Colin Klein also said that Deuce Vaughn is looking healthier than he has in weeks. That's a good sign for the Wildcats. There are no concerns with him right now. Daniel Green, starting linebacker, he's also going to be a game-time decision for the Wildcats, but... Kansas State is going to get some weapons back, it looks like. Cornerback Julius Brintz, safety Josh Hayes, and tight end Ben Sinnott. Looks like they're all going to be able to, to go tomorrow against Oklahoma State. So those are three big keys, uh, two of them on the defensive side of the ball, that should be returning for Kansas State. That's that's significant. That is significant. And we'll I, I it's going to be a fun game to just sort of observe. we got to pick it, though, and we'll do that coming up uh, at the top of the next hour. It's one of the games that we'll pick this week. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about the World Series here with Game 1. Just just some time for predictions. Overall series predictions. I'm I'm picking the Phillies to win the series. Who are you picking? Uh, I think you got to pick the Astros. I don't really want to okay. pick the Astros. Right. Uh, how can you how can you pick against a team though that is totally. not lost in the postseason? I I I feel you. Uh the Royals in 14 though give me hope that that won't, you know, that won't play itself out. Um all right, so we'll have different, totally different answers on this. World Series MVP is who? And I'm, I'm, gonna I'm say firing this World... at you off the hip. I know we haven't. No, that's all right. For this. I'm going to say Jordan Alvarez is the World Series MVP. I'm firing him off at the hip because they're off the hip to me too. Um, Jordan Alvarez is. I, I I bet he's pretty close to the odds on favor. I'm going to go Nick Castellanos, uh, who's okay. always been a guy that I've liked for whatever reason. I'm a fan of his. He had a slow regular season, but he's starting to come on here in the postseason. I just think he's going to get a lot of opportunities because I don't think the Astros are going to give Bryce Harper, or if they can help it, they're not going to give Bryce Harper or Kyle Schwarber a chance to beat them. Yeah. So just kind of move down the lineup and who's the next guy. So that's that's the long shot there. Uh, game one is tonight. Nola Verlander. I feel like the pressure tonight is on the Astros, right, to win with yeah. Verlander more than it is the Phillies. Are you saying that – so are you going to say the Phillies in seven, Phillies in six? What do you think? It's six or seven. Um, I'll say I'll say seven. I'll say seven. Okay. I think Astros in five. That's where I'm going. Okay. Pressure, More pressure on the Astros than the Phillies tonight? You, you on board with that? Yeah, Absolutely. I think so too with Verlander there. Uh, the Phillies aren't throwing Wheeler, so you know they're trying to get one in game two. If they can get one tonight, it'll be a pretty – they'll feel pretty – pretty good about it but I, I neither one of these teams it's gonna be body blows I mean they're there I, I I don't think it'll be as simple as the starting pitching will decide this series we'll put it that way all right we'll come back we'll make some picks stop at the next hour as sports daily rolls on on a Friday we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iPhone 15s it's better only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.